Happy New Dink 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 Welcome back to the Jenny Dillian Podcast, first and podcast of 2K17. Congrats. Hey, ooh, kill him. Ooh, New kill Year. Him. New, New yes. Year. Same. Same day. Same week. New Year. New Year. How are you living? I'm living the good. Same. What? <laughs> uh, guys, welcome back to the Jenny Dillian Podcast. We are so excited to be back here. Uh, we missed you. We took uh, Christmas off. We hope you guys had a wonderful holiday uh, with your family, your friends, yourself, your doggo, whatever you're doing. Uh, we hope it was good. Um, and we are back. It is 2017. We're, we are fucking here. We're fucking here to stay. It's actually New Year's Day for us right it's now. It's literally January This is like Hangover City right now. You know what? I think that's something that people appreciate about our podcast is that when we're fucking hungover and podcasting, we're it's transparent. Hung- oh, girl, yeah. it's a mess over yeah. here. Mm. On that note, this episode is brought to you by NatureBox for all your snacking needs. Whether you're hungover or not, NatureBox is there for you with delicious snacks. They have over 100 choices, savory, sweet, delicious, all of them, and they're adding new snacks all the time. Right now, you get your first two snacks for free. Go to NatureBox.com slash Jenna Julian. That's us. Snacks are for you. Check it out. Also brought to you by Lyft. Lyft is looking for a whole bunch of new female drivers. So ladies, if you want to drive for Lyft, make your own hours, use your own car, and make a bunch of money right now. They are offering a $500 driver bonus when you sign up using our URL, which is lyft.com slash Jenna Julian. That's us. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. I would love some fucking nature box right now. I'll tell you that. Nature much. books. I am hungry. Eat nature books. Eat nature books. I'm hungry and I need a snack. So what are we talking about today, baby? Uh, first thing that I want to talk about, honestly, mm-hmm. is that legendary, iconic <laughs> Mariah Carey New Year's Eve performance. Because I tweeted something out. For those who didn't see it, it was the New Year's Rockin' Eve, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so it was hosted by Ryan Seacrest, who works closely with the E! Network, yes. This was, like, so outrageously bad. Like, clearly there were sound issues. She was saying, I can't hear, or whatever. And, it, like, honestly, it might be go down in history as, like, one of the worst live performances ever. Like, it was just so outrageously bad. It was bad on on all these levels. Like, every level it could have been bad on, it was bad. Right. So she started off, like, lip-syncing a song, and then she walks out to the front of the stage. You can see it online. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you should look it up. And she starts being like, we can't hear. It's okay, though. And all of those dancers in the background were like, I'm not losing my job today. I'm not losing my... They were that dancing. Was, was they were dancing hard. They were the show goes on, no matter what. They were the show goes on, but they were also kind of hard proof that... They didn't have your pieces in, and they were they still, still on beat. Yeah. So well, obviously she can hear somewhat. It's not like she's deaf, right? Yeah. She can hear somewhat, but it is not ideal when you can't when you're singing in Times Square and you can't he- like yeah, that's a big fuck up on somebody's part. Whatever. Yeah, somebody probably got fired for it, but that doesn't yeah. make that doesn't like that happens probably a lot, and right. you don't see performances well, many, happen yes. like that a lot. How many times have, do you imagine that this has happened to Mariah Carey personally over the span of her career? Probably 25. a lot. Yeah. yeah. 
And we've all seen it happen too with other artists, yep. and they do this thing where they try their best, and then they'll be laughing or like saying something you else. Improvise, yeah, you, yeah. You're you just, forced to improvise. You do the best that you can, yeah. or you tweet then later, like, "Sorry, I was off key. I couldn't yeah. hear myself." Yeah. People are like, "Oh, cool, man. Whatever." Yeah. I. I mean, the theory though that this was so shocking. Get ready, that guys. Two K seventeen conspiracies start right now. I well, I already tweeted it. It was so shockingly bad that this was a PR move. You ha- this is New Year's Eve. You have people all around the Eyeballs world watching everywhere. this. Yeah. So many people are going to see this, and you know it. Even if they're not watching it live, they'll see it. So you think to her promo people... Mariah's World on the E Network, which just so happened. Like, okay, I looked it up. Brian Seacrest is not executive producer on Mariah's World, but I feel like the world of E is not too big, right? It's not yeah. such a far fetched idea that. Yeah. New Year's Rocking Eve is hosted and produced by Ryan Seacrest. Mariah has a show on the E! Network. This is an amazing amount of publicity for that show alone. And then all of a sudden she does this. Like, I I literally was like cackling laughing. And I was like, if I was Mariah right now, I'd be like, yo, I can't hear myself, but make sure you watch Mariah's World on E! Like, you know, just throw in some shit. Yeah. So I have a question. What no, do you th- it felt like a, a purposeful bomb. So almost. what do you think Ryan had to do with it? You think he was part of, he like, he sabotaged? If, okay, well, just buy into the theory for a second, yeah. buddy. If this was a plan, I'm ta- when I say inside troll job, I mean like maybe her people. Her, her people, her right. PR team. Not like NBC troll of job. Of course, yeah. So her PR team was like, hey, Mariah, take the dive. Yeah. Take the dive. We like, need to eyeballs the point on where show. they didn't tell her dancers. You know, like they, they only told Mariah. Yeah. And at one point they like cut off her mic at the end. And so, so, so to clarify, you think Ryan Seacrest was happy that it went badly? Yeah. Or because maybe Ryan knew and then she and her and her people knew. It's just a theory because immediately after he's like, no matter what Mariah does, her fans love it. No, her like fans, it was yeah. such like a, a quick, almost concocted reaction to what just happened. It felt very backhanded. The legendariness was, of what just happened. Well, it felt very backhanded for a number of reasons. Like one of which, and Ryan knew this, is that a lot of the B-roll was used to cover up her shit show and the <laughs> B-roll, as much as you'd like to think it's just screaming fans, it wasn't. It was like a lot of confused faces and and people talking. Well, and, and wasn't... dancing. Well, when you're in Times Square, I imagine you do, you don't have a be- the best view of the actual Of course, but I'm Maybe just saying. Maybe they didn't even really see it. They course, just hear the vocal track yes, and you're like, totally. oh, everything's normal. But what I'm saying is they weren't going nuts. Whatever they were doing, they, he said, so oh, you, whatever you do. one directly in front of Mariah that was going like this. He said, whatever you do, your fans always love it. And they just, that was not indicated, indicated in the, uh, in the B-roll. Well, I have a question though, because mm-hmm. before the performance even started, they did a little interview mm-hmm. and he said, so tell us about your new reality show. And then she immediately says, well, I just told you not to call it that. Do you remember that? Well, she said, I didn't name it that. Let's not call it that or something like that. No, no, no. She says, I just told you, as if they had talked about it off camera. I I distinctly remember her saying, I just said, or I just told you, we don't like to call it a reality show. Okay. And so that kind of backs up your theory that he was, you know, happy to see this this train wreck. Well, why not? Like this, we know that 
like when you're doing a live performance, yeah. no matter whether it's good or bad, like sometimes there are people like a Miley Cyrus that goes out with the intention of shock and awe. Yeah. Like this is a good example of not a wardrobe malfunction, you know, not somebody falling down or this is just I'm going to go out there and pretend like nothing's working. Yeah. <laughs> you're, like, gu- you're guaranteeing. D- discussions about exactly it, even if the good or bad like it's one of those things like any press is good press right right and all the people retweeting her tweet that was like right after she shit tweeted happens like shit happens like i hope you have a happy and healthy new year and I, and uh brett or someone was like oh good for mariah that's a good response and i was like mariah good for her pr people yeah. like that is a you think mariah carey uses her own phone boy boy come on she uses it to play Candy Crush. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't tweet for herself, is what we're saying. <laughs> and she she doesn't text for herself, <laughs> or make phone calls for herself, or Instagram for herself, <laughs> <laughs> do anything for. But um, I will say that we observed she looked quite spacey, like throughout the entire evening, even before the performance. She looked like she was on some some good stuff, and couldn't really focus. She was just out of it. She was, it seemed like she was just like. Oh, well, fuck it. I got to do this, this little dumb gig at New Year's and here I am. All right. Great. Oh. And then it just happened to be like a terrible yeah. performance. But I mean, even that aside, is it too far fetched to imagine someone's inner circle of people being like, just go out there and bomb and everyone will be talking about you tomorrow? So my question is, do you think is, is part of your theory to say that there was no technical malfunction at all? She just, her and her team Maybe just there did was. that. Or could it have been that her team manufactured a technical difficulty? I mean. That's I, possible. I watch Unreal. Yeah. That's just, <laughs> they can pull strings. You're right. That's possible. Yeah. Interesting. Is it too far-fetched so, to imagine? Make sure you guys catch Mariah's world. On- right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know what I mean? Wh- yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't think your theory is even really, I mean, it is a conspiracy, whatever, but I don't think it's far-fetched. I think it's very believable, very, you know, it's, it's something that doesn't really take a lot to, well, it's we're not all a talking about it. We're we? all talking about it. Here we are promoting her. Show. What is her fucking, is it just a reality Mariah's show? Mariah's world, y'all. Is it her first reality it's show? It's a reality show, y'all, but she doesn't want you to call it that. And then Ryan Seacrest is like, what would you like me to call it? And she's like, <coughs> I don't know, not that. What? Like, what? You're on E, and it's called Mariah's World, and you don't want it to be called a reality show? Go! <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. It's weird. It's weird. She, she kind of weirds me out a little bit. When I look at her face, I don't know what's going on behind her face. Okay, Julia. All right. She's Mariah Carey. Happy New Year. She's Mariah Carey. Mariah you got to give respect where respect is due. She's still Mariah Carey. And part of her endearingness is that she is this over-the-top diva. It makes it endearing. She's All hysterical. All I for Christmas is you. That's her song. Yeah, and 70 white roses in my dressing room. <laughs> what? Please. Like her writer is famously hysterical. Oh, oh, got it. Mariah's she's a good she's a good person. Okay, she's pretty cool. Okay. We should have her on the podcast. Mariah, is that her? 
Mariah? <laughs> Julian. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, you oh you gave me a complete opportunity no, to just mess with you I and think, now I'm gonna mess with I you. I think the funniest idea about you just saying we should have her on the podcast, which is ridiculous and whatever, but you can't even identify a Mariah Carey song if I played you one. Play me one, I'll identify it right away. Are you kidding me? This is on okay, the spot. That's, that's I'm a, so okay, good. I can't do that, Julian. You, you said play me a song, like play a play a Mariah Carey song. And I will song. confirm that it's no. her song. Okay. No. No. <laughs> um um all I want for Christmas is you. Name another one. Okay, as, if I recall correctly, when we did the Julian Sucks at Celebrity Trivia what? music edition, yeah, what? I'll find the timestamp. You put it in the okay, description, yep. whatever, when it is. I played you a part of the song Fantasy, which was off of her number one album, which went to straight to number one. Fantasy. And you literally said to me, I've never heard that song I before in my life. I literally hadn't. I don't even know who she is when I heard that song. She didn't sing that. So, like... I know that you've maybe Mariah's face makes you uncomfortable or whatever you said. She's still Mariah Carey. I know she's a legend. I don't legend. think you have a full understanding of who Mariah Carey no, is. No, no, I know, I know. I mean, like, here's the thing about here's the thing about the way my brain works when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, she um, wasn't stuck know, on you, therefore you I don't know, know who she is. No, no, no. Like, I I've heard all of her music. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me no, finish. No, you haven't. Let me finish. I've heard a, a significant amount of her popular, popular music. Like what? From be- Just let me finish the thought before you ask that question. I've heard a lot of her very popular music that everyone has heard, but I don't know it by name. I've heard the song. I know the song. I've heard it a billion times like everyone else. I just don't know the name of the song. And maybe that put two and two together. I just know that I've heard her shit. That's it. Okay? So... I understand the significance of who Mariah Carey is. I'm not under a rock. I know she's incredibly popular. I know she's a legend. But at the same time, I'm allowed to have my thoughts about how she acts on camera. And I think it's uh, uncomfortable. Kind of uncomfortable. Can you name any of the songs that she sang last night during her performance? Oh, yeah. Let's think about that. Hmm. You watched it how many times? Like three times. That one. What was that? What was that? No, no, no. Come on. What is it? No, you're making that. No, 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 no. Where she hits a really high note. You know what I'm talking about. That song. Come on. <laughs> okay, what's that song called? <laughs> How does it go? I want. You're the one I need. <laughs> baby, it's you. Come on, baby, it's you. Uh, all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> Leave! <laughs> oh, man, those are two different songs. <laughs> all I want for Christmas. Name another Mariah Carey song. Just one more. Oh, say, can you see? No. (laughs) Seriously. I am trying. I'm being serious. I'm trying. Can I have a hint? Can I have a hint? Small hint. (laughs) No. Yeah, just come on. Name one more. No. Come on. I need a hint or else I quit. Just think for a second. Okay. Right here. Ah. That one... No. You're putting me on the spot. I can't think. I'm sorry. Think. If you've ever been put on the spot, you know, like, your brain gets a block on it. You can't think. I can't think. What were the... Was she sang three, four songs last she night? She sang zero songs last night. Okay, fair. But what were they? <laughs> How did they go? I want. That's a Beyonce song. No, she sang that. That's called Love on Top by Beyonce. She, that's Mariah. She sang it last night. <laughs> Oh, wait, no. Was it a different one? I think it might have been different. I excuse you. It's okay. (laughs) 
someone save me? No. What, what would you rather? Me be like a Mariah Carey connoisseur and know every one of her songs? No, fuck that. Actually, yeah, that'd be really fun if you were <laughs> a Mariah Carey connoisseur. Connoisseur. That's my new Twitter bio. <clears throat> All right, Julian. Let's move on. Oh, is that it? You don't, you're not interested in me talking about Mariah anymore? No, you can't name the songs that you performed last night. I can't. I can just give me a second. I need silence, okay? Mm. Any noise will mess me up completely. Uh. So no 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 noise. Yeah, I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't. I'm sorry. All right. Let's talk about something else. Okay. Let's talk about Ronda Rousey. All right. So uh, also this last weekend, there was uh, UFC 207. Ronda Rousey lost her second consecutive fight. Likely, likely, people are speculating her last fight. Uh, got knocked out pretty badly by Amanda Nunes. And it made big news, obviously, because Ronda Rousey is a big name. And she came into the sport of MMA with such uh, dominance and star power. And it all happened so fast to the point where she was beating chicks with uh, her judo. And then somehow loses terribly, you know, twice in a row, like a year apart, like she just did. And I wanted to talk about, I mean, obviously, there's a lot being talked about whether she's going to retire, why she lost that bad, what happened to her. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a lot of casual fans who, who watched her and, and don't understand. I I just think there's... Well, I mean, just for off the top, this mm-hmm. isn't going to be a very riveting discussion because we're both on the same page about this. There's, We don't really have conflicting viewpoints. You're right. We're much. not going to debate. I just wanted to say that uh, this is a great example of um, her coach picking the wrong coach. He's the absolute wrong coach. He, Drag him! Ed, I'll, I'll tell you something in a minute, but do you... Okay. Edmund Tarverdian is a quote-unquote uh, MMA coach, and for, for some fucking weirdo reason, she ended up at his tiny, weird, creepy Glendale gym, and he had been reaping the benefits of having her be his fighter for so many years because she is a Olympic medalist judoka, which nobody is. And so she had a skill level that nobody had and was beating girls like nobody could. So she essentially won all those fights herself I personally think that he did nothing, if anything. Well, and also the sport, the female MMA was in its infancy. It was in its infancy. There was, I, I said this to you before. It's like the females, when they first started in the UFC, was like when the UFC first started. Right. There was a specialist in this fighting a specialist in this. They didn't know how to fight and the whole sport. Show. It was a fuck show. There was a, a jiu-jitsu fighter versus a boxer. And it would just be like the clashing of two different martial arts. Nobody knew how to do everything. And that's no exception to Ronda. I think Ronda was obviously a grappler in judoka. And then you you have girls like uh, Misha Tate, who's a wrestler. She learned how to strike. I mean, it, yeah. it developed. But early on, Ronda was fighting a lot of very one-dimensional fighters. And she was and is a one-dimensional fighter. Right. And I say is because she decided to go with a team and a coach who didn't develop her as a fighter. They didn't they didn't work on striking at all. I mean, you look at the fight with Nunez, Nunez, sorry, and you, and there's zero striking training. There's zero striking skill. There's no head movement. There's no footwork. There's no anything that even a week, two weeks, a month in a real boxing coach's 
tutelage would have learned. And it's, it's I just, I depressing, man. It's I like very that basic shit that I she could have learned by leaving that camp. That after the fight with Holly Holm, a devastating loss for her. You know, we, we talked about some theories about whether or not we thought that she was going to come back or yeah. had the mental capacity to pick herself back up. Yeah. I honestly thought that she was going to go hardcore back to her judo roots and that she was going to show us a really, you know, Improved. nice and quick fucking arm bar yeah, up yeah. in there. I, I think a lot of people were expecting that. But instead, she went out there and I said to you right after that fight, she changed literally nothing. Nothing. She spent all that time training, gathering herself. This, I'm not doing press, you know, this, I'm totally focused, which fine, maybe you are, but we both have opinions and many people do about yeah. her ability to do that because Conor McGregor got in a lot more trouble for doing that one time, let yeah. alone up, leading up to an entire yeah. fight. Yeah. Like, why should the rules be different for you just because you would like to focus? Mm. It is part of your job description as a fighter to sell fights and yeah. you're not doing that. Yeah. So then you're like, all right, maybe she's that focused and Dana's giving her special treatment to do this. But maybe she's, she's going to go back to the drawing she's gonna, board. She, yes, she's yeah. going to go back to the drawing yeah. board, start from square one yeah, and yeah. build up a new yeah. way to fight. Yeah. Or go back to what has made her that successful. Yes. Unfortunately. But she goes there and it's like she trained exactly the same. She did exactly everything the same and expected to win that fight. And I hate to that say. crazy. And I, and I hate to say I told you so because I, I fucking did. I literally mm -hmm. right before that fight said no matter what happens. I tweeted this. Whatever what happens in this fight, Ronda already lost because mm -hmm. she's still with this fuckhead of a coach who hasn't developed her at all because he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And you see that. And it, it's it's tragic because it's like. Either Rhonda was going to get lucky, clinch Amanda, and somehow throw her an arm by her, yeah. which could have happened. Totally. Or she was going to get her ass knocked out, which she did. And I think there... I don't know why. I don't even really want to think about the personal dynamic of why someone stays with a coach like that because it's really kind of fucked up. I'm sure it's complicated. I'm sure it's very complicated. And I, and I, I only can speculate so much. I just think that it's such a, it's such a joke that she decided to stick with him and in turn do this to her career. And I personally think that she's young and talented enough to move camps now after and both of these losses and still have an MMA career where she <laughs> actually puts up a fight against strikers. Which I think is in essence what everyone wants. Everyone wants that. We want to watch Only Ronda she can make that decision though. Continue to fight. Uh, I wanted to tell you I read an interesting article. I don't remember his name. You can look it up somehow somewhere. What was um, the website name? It might have been MMA something. Junkie MMA fighting. It might have been MMA fighting. MMA fighting was it? It sounds like that. He had written it almost immediately after and was like, "I wrote this kind of drunk," <laughs> but he posts like a really interesting idea about Edmund Tarverdian that maybe because Rhonda is sort of you know we know her nuances that she's yeah. a little crazy that she does do things Rhonda's way and no yeah. other way. She's very sensitive. Mm -hmm. She has a particular style of how she likes to you know, be in the zone or have her attitude or whatever. Yeah. That all of these people being like, if only she had a real striking coach or she went over to Jackson, she did something like that. She could have been so much better. Yeah. He theorized that if Rhonda had done that earlier on in her career, then maybe 
she would have gotten in her own way and not ever become Ronda Rousey because she would have wouldn't have the mental capacity to be criticized and broken down all day every day. Well, that's part of that's part of why you coach. stay with a guy like Emin. You're in your comfort zone. And you're getting built up constantly. But well, I mean, just and you can read. I'll find the link for you. Like, imagine now. She finds this coach, Edmund, who is building her up and giving her what she needs yeah. to to be successful. Yeah, nonstop reinforcement. And he really and... did take her as far as she could go. Because yeah. if she, which we all talk, have talked about this and would like it, if she went and found a real striking coach yeah. and, and a fight camp. Yeah. Like we we like to imagine that she'd come out of there an incredible fighter, but maybe she couldn't get through that camp because it would be too difficult for her to take that type of criticism. I think you're right in a timeline. It was where an interesting theory that I hadn't I think, heard before. Well, I think I think that theory is right in in a timeline where she would go to this new striking camp before she had lost. Because before she lost, she was invincible. Right. Nobody could touch her. Anyone who tried had their arm broken in 10 seconds. That was, that was the reality. She had star power like nobody had had before. Like she was being built up by the UFC on a ridiculous level because of this invincibility factor. Right. So for a fighter like that to show up at a new gym and be like, Hey, I need to learn how to strike. That's a huge hit to your giant ego. You're right. right. It's like, this is a great theory. What I'm saying, and I think, you know, to piggyback off of that theory is once the Holly home fight ends, you really need to have a hard think about right. why you lost so badly. And a hard reset. Well, yeah, but yeah. you need to sit by yourself with yeah. the, your mother, and you, you the people who, who actually care about right. you and know what they're talking about, which her mother has been a very outspoken hater yeah, of Edmund Tarverdian, right. which I appreciate. She keeps it way too fucking real, and I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was, I think, after the Holly fight, obviously, this is, this is no genius fucking theory here, is you need to think about what you're doing. You need to go back to the drawing board and say, how can I improve myself? Oh, is... Is staying with Edmund and hitting his pads and t- and being told I'm a champ all day going to help me? Right. Oh, okay, great. And Amanda Let's see Nunes what happens. Called her out for that too. Yeah, I mean, he, of he course. put it in her mind that she is a boxer. She said she, that. After Amanda said it was a crazy thought right. put into her mind by her coach that she can box, which is it's true and it's sad. And I, uh, I, I don't know. I I think. Um, I think I don't know if she'll ever be champ again if she keeps fighting and goes to a new camp. But I know that she can do better than she did the last two fights because it yeah. doesn't really get much worse. Well, I mean, this has to be a rock bottom of one kind or another for her. This Absolutely. is either a rock bottom for her for her career, like you can't come back, yeah. or it's a rock bottom for her to truly decide to start over, yeah. which includes you know fixing the people around you and she's been told for years to get rid of Edmund this might be if she chooses the rock bottom of I'd like to keep moving forward that's where you have to start she knows that this time yeah you can't you can no longer silence these people and say Edmund's one of the best in the world he's great you guys are all just drunk and crazy this is that ship has sailed you can't you have no ability to do that anymore you can't defend that any longer no, I, I really do. I agree. I think it's going to come down to her deciding that she needs to make a change if she wants to have a future in this sport, which I think um, she could be a great top tier fighter and and have success against other well-rounded MMA fighters. Uh, because when you learn how to strike, 
you don't just stand there and get your fucking head popped right. off like a punching bag like she's done twice in a row now. If, you know, if she did that, though, she could be an incredibly talented fighter. Of course. That's the that's the tragic part of this whole situation is like she is so amazing at one thing. And if she just sharpened up her, her game around the edges with the, the rest of the, the mixed martial arts, then she could be un- unbelievable. It's, it's a lot like... When Damian Maya came into the sport of MMA, uh, a world jiu-jitsu champ, like a world-renowned jiu-jitsu practitioner, everyone in jiu-jitsu knew who he was. He was amazing. But at the end of the day, it's not jiu-jitsu, it's MMA. So he was struggling. He was a mid-tier fighter. He would lose to strikers and wrestlers. And so finally he was like, yo... I need to, I need to learn how to punch. Mm-hmm. I need to learn how to fucking punch right. and box. And he did. And now he's literally one of the best I know. in his division because he learned how to round out himself. He's, he's an expert at one thing and he's decent at the rest. I and that's what Ronda Damian can be. Mai is what close to 40 now? He's, he's not young. Yeah. That's he's what in his mid to late 30s. There, I think, if yeah. you're that gifted in one particular area of MMA and you round out your game yeah. and, you know, given your physical condition stays okay, yeah. Yeah. you can, as an older person, continue to fight in this sport and fight for the title. Isn't exactly. he like in the top three right now? Exactly. Is, it's, he's Damian Maya is such a great example of, of an MMA fighter learning how to become from a specialist in one thing to a, a specialist as well as a fighter and, and, and a, you know, a competitor and all the other things. Mixed but martial I mean, arts. It's not just one martial art. That's like that's the troubling thing. Everyone is hoping for, for Rhonda and saying that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of nasty shit that's being said about oh, her yeah, on it's the garbage. internet. It's really but sad. What, but what most of it is should be directed towards the fact that this Edmund Arverdian, it like literally stole her career yeah, from her. he robbed her. He manipulated her. He, you know, told her that they were training, everything's good, that he's, he's world class, that she's a great striker. It's a great disservice and it's incredibly <clears throat> sad. Well, something I said to you the other day when we were talking about this, and I want to talk, I want to bring it up here because I think it's really important. I trained jujitsu. I've trained jujitsu for years. I have been around the sport of MMA for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I used to cover it. I actually went to MMA gyms shooting video and interviewing professional UFC fighters. Yeah, Julian's interviewed a lot of So people. I've spent a lot of time around <laughs> professional UFC fighters, yeah. professional MMA fighters, top tier fighters in the gym and also just interviewing them wherever. And one thing I've, I've really, really strongly come to understand is that as an MMA fighter, and I think this applies to a lot of sports, but as an MMA fighter, your training consists of, they like to say, iron sharpens iron, right? You're not going in the gym to come out feeling good. You don't go to the gym to be like, Oh, everyone's pumping me up. Everyone's telling me I'm great. Every pad I hit sounds great. Oh, it's all good. You don't go for that feeling. You You go every day. You go to find your flaws (laughs) and you go to like expose those flaws over and over and over in training until they're not there anymore. And that sucks. That's a brutal life. And some of these fighters have to go through some of the worst, most like dark, like violent, hard, injured, injury prone training sessions over and over for years to become the fighters that they become. And what I think is Rhonda went into the gym every day and had her ego pumped up by Edmund because that was a way for Edmund to keep her controlled. And it, you know, maybe, maybe her ego could have handled a true MMA training gym or maybe it couldn't have, but we'll never know unless she were to go Try it out. Well, I had read in that article, this may or may not be right or wrong because I haven't looked into it myself, that mm. she had some public spats with her judo coaches in the past. Is that true? I think you I read know? something about that too, yeah. 
Right? Well, her mom was a judo coach for a while, but yeah, I think she's right. she's had a history of that. I but think. you you have a history of not getting along with the people who are in theory like in power, a control position, and trying of your to life. better you by doing things. right. Yeah. But if if you have these sort of really public fights or whatever with your coaches, yeah. it doesn't maybe we'll give you the benefit of the doubt that maybe those coaches weren't a good fit or maybe they were wrong because coaches can be fucking wrong all the time. Yeah. But maybe that doesn't give the best indicator of how she would take a, a true striking coach is feedback. You know what I mean? Yeah. How can she handle feedback? Yeah. 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 I, because I, you've, I, I've had bad coaches. You've had bad coaches. Of course. You know that one of the only ways to ever win in that situation is to short it, like, like shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Just take their advice and shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that you are not the coach. They are. Right. Even if you think they're wrong, you're yeah. not the coach. Exactly. Until you have an opportunity to maybe switch teams or go somewhere else. Like when I was in college, I had a coach that I very openly disagreed with and it got me nothing but trouble until I just shut my fucking mouth. My junior year of high school was the same way. I, my junior I, year of I high school. I shut my mouth my entire life to all my coaches, except for one who was doing some off the field, very not okay things. Yeah. And I said something and I was in spring training. She benched me. I was supposed to start. She fucking benched the me. The literal same thing happened and to me. My mom was like, why aren't you on the field? Yeah. And I was like, dude, fucking that bitch benched me. Yep. I, uh, my junior year, I was a, in high school. I was a catcher and I was a junior on varsity starting, right? And I started and I played the first entire half of the season mm-hmm. consecutively. And I remember that specifically because one of our pitchers, Tyler Skaggs, had 40 scouts in the back. And so every game I caught of his, it was like crazy. It was right. amazing. And I got into it with my coach all the time because I hated him and everyone hated him, but I particularly hated him because he would try to alter the game. He would, he would try to control how I caught, mm-hmm. which is a very, you know, pitcher catcher relationship type right. thing. He would fuck with that. And we would, we would Clyde heads all the time. And then suddenly mid season, I'm not starting anymore. Right. And then for the rest of the season, he put in a worse defensive catcher than me. And it was because I couldn't just shut the fuck up. Right. And you learn that as an athlete. And Part of me really believes that if Ronda go, it were to, or even in the future goes to a Greg Jackson or a TriStar, AK, whatever, anywhere with real coaches, um, she would have a learning curve, but she would eventually fit in and learn how to be a teammate and learn how to right. better herself right. with, with uh, tough it's training. Because Well, where she is, although there are some other people that have gone to Glendale to have Edmund train, she's not necessarily part of a team culture. No, there is no team culture. Exactly. So if if she did, and judo is not a team sport, like there, there, I think there's a reason and a type of person that maybe thrives in an individual sport. 100%. And Ronna is a person that thrives in an individual sport because all of her hard work pays off for just her. And, you know, she, there's no one else around her that she wants to blame for not putting in the same level of effort or work or whatever. If she truly <clears throat> decided now as a, how old is she? 30? Uh, yeah, something like that. 29, 30. 29 year old, 30 year old woman that like, Hey, I need to understand what it's like to rely on other people and delegate some of this work around, yeah. which includes your coach knowing what's right for you and yeah. you listening to them instead of you needing to know everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? She had someone in her corner 100%. that was a really good cornerman. Like it takes. A lot of learning, though. It takes though. a lot of learning. And when you're so used to doing it all yourself, well, in your mind. It's, it's you know, she ha- 
had that learning curve with judo. She has to have because she became one of the best in the world in judo. So the thing is, she starts judo. And from the point when she started that sport to winning a bronze in the Olympics uh, in judo, there is a lot of learning. But when she's learned enough to be that good, Mm -hmm. she immediately is a top the game. And that doesn't happen in in MMA. No one's that high. And even the people who are champs, they have team team of fighters around them who are constantly exposing different flaws. And so for her, she was like, oh, I'm the best in judo now. So I can take that mindset to MMA, which you can't do in MMA. And you're right. There's zero team atmosphere. There's zero team at Glendale. So... You know, well, I guess we'll see. I really, I really do hope that she can find her way to a real camp. And I hope she does too. I think most people do. You know. Yeah, but I'm fully expecting her to retire. Uh, I'm not. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not expecting her to fight again under Edmund. I think. I think even she isn't dumb this enough. This is to her do rock that. bottom, one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's either retirement or square one. I have my fingers crossed for square one because I'd like to see her fight again. Me too. Me too. I personally think that she could really lift her head up don't you oh my god what are you doing <laughs> speaking of lift yeah! this episode is brought to you by lift <laughs> ladies are you an actress who wants to make money in between jobs or are you looking for a job right now or maybe you're at school and you have some hours <laughs> of free time where you can be making some money lift is great for you you can become a driver right now it is very easy there are other ride sharing apps out there but everyone likes driving for lift best because they treat their drivers right uh there's a really flexible way to make money you pick your own hours you drive in your own shit. car <laughs> What? What did I do? I'm just talking about (laughs) driving for Lyft pays up to $35 an hour, $35 an hour, and getting started is fast and easy. You can drive mornings, nights, weekend, or you can literally just flip into driver mode if you have some free time and you're out. Only Lyft drivers can earn tips from within the app, and those add up fast. Also, you don't have to wait days or weeks to get paid. You can cash out instantly with Express Pay. It's super flexible. You keep your own tips, and you get paid when you need the extra cash. Ladies, right now, if you're looking for some sort of way to make some money, Lyft is a great way to do it. Right now, you can get a $500 driver bonus by going to lyft.com slash Jenna Julian. That's lift.com slash Jenna Julian. Thank you, Lyft. Our other sponsor this week is the beautiful and wonderful Nature Box, the company that makes strawberry carrot fruit chews my bay to the stars. Mm. I love them so much. Uh, the Mesa Crisp, they have over a hundred delicious, delicious snacks. Uh, tasty, made with simple ingredients, uh, and they deliver it right to your door so you can always have something better to snack on without feeling guilty. Uh, and it's really great. Right now, you can go to naturebox.com slash Jenna Julian and you get your two free snacks. But the way it works is you go pick your snacks, they send them to your house, and you eat them. It's that simple. And if you don't like a snack, you can get your refund on that snack. I doubt you will dislike it because all their snacks are delicious. But right now, you get your two free snacks and you can try it out. And you can avoid the guilt because Nature Box is made with real ingredients. And um, it, we we don't have any because I <laughs> ate all of it. I need some Nature Box. Which is the story of my life. I'm hungry and hungover from New Year's and I need Nature Box. I know. Nature Box is great. So right now, guys, if you want to have awesome snacks... Go to naturebox.com slash Jenna Julian. They have a great variety and they're constantly adding new snacks based on customer feedback, which is really cool. They're adding new snacks all the time. They don't stay the same and you can get any of the snacks you'd like right now. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. 
<sighs> you just lay here like this. New year, new sponsors. Just kidding. Those are the those are sponsors. Oh, our we've OG had. fam. We just fam. lay here. Like are you doing this. a laycast? Laycast two K seventeen. Laycast. We're probably out of focus now. But. Now is that time when we just start writing the wrong date on all of your things. Yeah. So how long is that period going to last? Like at least a year. <laughs> Until next Mariah Carey performance. Yeah, I've been writing 1995 on all of my papers. Actually, is that when you were born? Hell no. <laughs> Joking. Dog. Marlon was born in 95. Okay, Julian, do you know what year I was born in? 86. I know your birthday by heart. I say it all the time. You know that. I know you were born in 1992, baby. 92, baby. It's the pussy. I'm an Aries. I'm an Aries in 92. I was a 90s kid. That face when you're a 90s kid. <laughs> what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I don't know. All right. So what do you hope happens next year? This year. Wait. No, this year. It's it's already next year. So. I mean so much. Like what? I want another dog. Okay. Me too. Wholeheartedly. I just want another dog. We. I'd say it's one of the top ask questions is when, when are you guys getting another dog? And we always say, oh, we want another dog. But like. I really feel like we need to wait until we don't rent anymore. But we want to rescue a greyhound. We've been looking into it hardcore. Although there are some ways to bypass, maybe. There are as well. There's emotional support dogs, which a greyhound could absolutely be. No question. Um, I I want a dog, too. And I think we can accomplish it in 2017. The the only thing is, like, I agree with you with the renting thing. And for right now, it looks like we'll be renting for about at least another year, right? I mean, at least. So, yeah. We'll see, though. You Like, you never know. Because we might have a change in heart to where we decide to go, you know, look at a Greyhound adoption and we fall in love with one and then we decide that's what we're going to do. Um, but, yeah, you know, after having Archer and Sydney come over and stay the night and finding them and just interacting them, that having them it. around that the house, it. that was it. That was really it. I mean, we, we could talk about wanting a new dog as much as we wanted, but having two in the house like that. So ridiculous. It was... Yeah, that's kind of pushed us over the edge. Um, I'd say that's my biggest goal for 2017. Yeah. Figuring out how to do it and making it happen. And uh, fuck everything else. I like that. Like, I get a little nervous that when you have three little dogs and then you have a big dog that all of a sudden has slightly different needs because it's a big dog. Like, yeah. we go to the dog park. We can't just take them all into that little area. No, nah, big guy's got to go over to the big area. Yeah. But it's well, like, then we got you in one side and me on the other side of the we dog. We could just park. like go to the fence and talk. And just wave to each other. Oh, I would love to go to that big dog park and like let her, yeah. her run around. But let we can do it. Her stop. We, I just got to stop her. like thinking about it in my mind because once you have the dog and then you're like, oh, this is my life now. Then yeah. this, then you don't think about anything. It's just great. Oh, we were it's thinking, just great. We, were, we saw a dog, a greyhound that looked exactly like Peach and we were thinking of naming it Peach. Peach too. And, and like just calling them both Peach. No, no, no. Peach and Peach too. <laughs> How confused would they be? Peach, peach two, peach come here. Two. Peach two, come here. And beep and boop. And beep and boop. What do you want for 2017? I think I can get my purple belt in 2017. Ooh. I'd like that. I think uh, that's a reasonable goal. I think I can do it. Um, I'd like to. I'd like Apple to get their head out of their ass and give us phones that don't die by noon. Oh, shots fired! No, I'm like sick of it. I'm fucking <laughs> sick of it. My phone has to be charged by a Mophie or an external yeah. pad five times a day. It's a joke. It is pretty. And awful. it's not. It's not how my phone used to be. Yeah. It's like they're releasing software updates that overwhelm my phone to the point where it can't last. It's pretty trash. I hate that. That's my one of my resolutions. 
but I can't control it. <laughs> One of your resolutions is for Apple. It's yeah. My New Year's resolution is keep my name out your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> That's your resolution Boy, for other yeah. people to keep your name <laughs> out of it. No, um, um, anything else that you want? Because I have another conspiracy theory for you. Um, I want, I, I'm going to be uh, releasing a collection of pins every single month this year. That's right. I've seen the, the ideas. You've seen designs. the books. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm fucking so pumped about it. I think since I know I'm going to do that, I think my goal is to just further the pin brand that I've kind of created, it's right? Cool. Like get deeper into the pin world. So that it's cool that pins are like really coming back. I love that they're coming back. Mm-hmm. I love it for so many reasons, the flair of it, the collector's items of it. And, and you can create something really cool and have it be existing in a three dimensional object. Uh, I also love that they're super affordable. Yeah. All right. What's your conspiracy? I don't, I know someone tweeted this at me. Um, And I liked it because I like things. Uh, Anyways, that the internet insists that Sinbad played a genie in a movie called Shazam. Did you see that? Yes, I saw that. What the fuck? Shazam is a movie. It's a movie, right? People are saying now it doesn't exist or something. Yeah. And well, the reason that I remembered this, and it's funny when you see this now, was because when the app Shazam came out, I was like, Wait, but aren't they going to have trouble with that trash Sinbad movie? It's a movie? Yeah. And I looked it up when Shazam came out and I found nothing. And I was like, oh my God, I guess I'm just an idiot. Like, I guess it was Kazam with Shazam. No. Yeah. No, it was Shazam. No, 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 no. There's another movie called Kazam with Shaq or whatever the fuck. Oh. That's oh. why I was like, maybe I'm oh, confused and oh. thinking of something okay. else. But then I was like, no, that, that exists. But I feel like that's how a lot of these Mandela, you know, people are saying maybe Mandela. it's Mandela or maybe we're just having, you know, collective thoughts that never happen. But, um, I think that happens a lot with people that discover sort of Mandela effects. The, the, your first response is like, well, I must be kind of crazy then, you know, yeah. like the bear and stain bears. Yeah. Like, you immediately feel like, oh, I'm nuts. That Strangers Dimensions uh, website. The, I was the guy that I think originally wrote about it, like literally detailed his thought process of what was happening. And he was like, I just figured that I was going crazy, you yeah. know, because yeah. you don't there's no proof of that sort of thing on the Internet. Because when you Google when the app Shazam came out and you Google Sinbad shazam movie literally nothing shows up so you're like there's no theories or mandela effects that show up so you're like oh i'm just a stupid person so how does a movie that literally existed just go from existing to non-existing what if you had a dvd of it no people nothing exists nothing on imdb nothing on on like it's gone but a lot of people remember seeing it including myself because i remember physically like looking it up when the app shazam came out what the fuck is there a team of people scrubbing the internet and the world of things like this to just like i don't know but this Hold on. <laughs> no, dude. I know Listen I'm, I'm to this, though. Fucking tripped out right this now. <laughs> says, Sinbad says he will do a genie movie because of the internet. <laughs> what? Earlier this week, new statesman dug into a bizarre phenomenon. Hundreds of Redditors who have decided a Sinbad movie called Shazam, in which the stand-up comic plays a genie, exists in spite there being no real evidence that it does. Oh, my God. And Sinbad God. himself denying it. He said it, it never did that movie. never happened. 
Shazam is one of a number of apparent collective delusions being shared mm. on the Mandela Effect How? subreddit, named for a popular shared misconception that former South African President Nelson Mandela died in prison. <sighs> now, though, it may become reality, just so people will stop talking about it. The New Statesman story interviewed several Redditors who genuinely believed that they had seen the film or physically held a VHS copy in the 90s. Which they did. Their I've claims were variously... That the movie was recalled because Sinbad considered it an embarrassment. That the film was buried uh, due to a lawsuit from DC Comics over their trademark for Shazam. Or that some kind of space-time anomaly has occurred and the only... And only they could remember that at one point the movie really did exist. So that's the only explanation. Yeah, the last one is a common explanation for the Mandela effect, and that it's a little sci-fi for most people's taste. That claim is generally not a joke. Uh, apparently, these fans have been so determined to prove a negative for so long that it's frustrated Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> And after this week's story went live and thrust the controversy into the spotlight, he's been getting inundated with messages on Twitter. Eventually, he figured, if you can't beat him, join him, and said he would make the movie so we can close this chapter. And then from Sinbad's Twitter, okay, for all you people who think I did a genie movie, well, well, haven't done one yet, but I am going to do one so we can close this chapter. (laughs) Fucking hell, dude. Is this tripping you out? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's not. Nothing it's surprises me. That's weird. Because I'm, I'm so into this stuff yeah, that but I'm like, like how, of logistically, course, of course, Shazam it, doesn't exist because I looked time. it up it's a years ago. It's the space-time continuum thing. It's the Mandela effect in action. There's no, there's no actual logistical way to just like scrub something out of the history books like that. Like the way uh, Berenstain happened, the Berenstain bear. There's no way to fucking do that. You can't go into people's houses and change the cover of a book. You can't go into someone's houses and take a VHS copy of Shazam. You can't go on to – what if someone had a poster of that movie? Because there were movie posters and it's just not there on their wall. Like, There's no yeah, way. that's just Mandela effect. That's no way. There's no way. It's all Mandela effect. No, I disagree. No, I agree. I just disagree with the way I'm feeling. <laughs> you want it to stop. You want it to stop. Why don't, don't you like disagree it. with your feelings hard enough that it stops? Then you throw your feelings up. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Imagine that you're like sadness. <laughs> Hello? Oh no, I'm sorry. Why were you talking to my phone? But yeah, that that is fucking that was crazy. When I saw that one, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, because yeah. I remembered looking it up, and there was nothing. Yeah. I wish that I had thought of it later and looked it up, and then there was an explanation of the Mandela effect. Because yeah. I'd be like, oh, tight, I'm not alone. Yeah. I need to do better of when I think of these things, of writing them down. I mean, that was a That's, long time ago. Well, this still. teaches you that, right? Yeah. When speaking you notice something, which, just write it down. Speaking of dreams. Yeah. I've been, I've uh, started taking uh, the S knack brand of zma if you don't know what i just said it's okay but if you do you know what i said I out, it's a actually. new it's a new zma that i'm trying and it's the made by the creator of zma and my dreams have been Why don't so you tell people what zma vivid. is zma is zinc magnesium and vitamin b6 it's a supplement generally for men but for any active person uh who, i've taken it you've taken it it's you good. take it at what, night you take it at night it helps you recover it helps you get into a deeper sleep and wake up more rested and i've taken it for years and years and years almost like 10 years now probably more actually um but i've just recently for whatever reason only started the Snack brand, which is made by Victor Kant, who created ZMA as a supplement. And this 
this brand of the ZMA is so much more potent than any other brand I've ever had that my dreams have been so fucking vivid, like yeah. so real uh, every single night I take it. So that was my lead into I'm going to keep I'm going to start keeping my journal by my bedside keep and we're going to have a dream podcast coming up. I, know, I have one really long story. You remember when I did it? Yeah. I woke up and I was like, that dream was so ridiculous. I'm going to write everything I yeah. can remember as fast as I can. Yeah. And I have not looked at it since, okay. but it is like, you know, a couple of scrolls worth on my notepad. That's part of what you have to do is you have to write it all out and then not look at it again until right. we're on the podcast. So and then I'm, we can read them. I'm working on that. I promise. All right, I'll try to do that too. Shake hands. Okay. I don't want to play patty cake dog. What the fuck? Oh, 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 Pussy. Um, anything else you're hoping for next year or this year? Or are you pretty good with that? I'm pretty good. I just want a dog. I want another dog. I want a dog too. And I want to not rent our house because I'm sick of our leaks and stuff. Yeah. But I do love our house. I love living. I do too. I love I, living here with I you. I love living here with you. Oh, you sweet. Ew. Make sure you unsubscribe Ew. below. Don't Smash unsubscribe. That no, button. do not. I will not approve. <laughs> Don't unsubscribe. We're doing well. Keep it going. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening to another podcast. Yeah, we really appreciate fun. you guys. And uh, we are, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I know Jen is. We're very excited for another awesome year of podcasting with yeah. you guys. Um, so very excited. Dink fam. Dink fam 2K17. We hope you guys have a great week. Check out the sponsors in the description below, and we will see you next Monday. Boop, 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 boop.